listening to a download from the outdoorstation.co.uk. Number five, two, five. Hi everyone, it's me. Have you missed me? Yes, I'm Bob Cartwright, host of the longest-running outdoors podcast in the world, with sadly what appears to be the longest-running internet connection problems in the world, too. Unfortunately, sadly, my connection issues have continued on both the landline and local 4G connection on the cell tower. So all the streaming, all the video streaming, will have to wait. However, I should be able to get back into the lower bandwidth podcast saddle fairly soon. In all honesty, I have enjoyed the easing off of the weekly pressure to produce something for you guys every week. Time stepping back and taking stock during the COVID period has allowed cunning plans to be made for when the fibre arrives. Yes, it's coming! Allegedly. I think I heard last week or a couple of weeks ago that Spotify was announcing that they now had over one million podcasts in their directory. Now, I wonder how many of those people will continue to produce material once isolation comes to an end. Which brings me on nicely to this hour-long chat with author David Linton regarding his recent Cicerone Press book, The Big Rounds. Now, I've been holding back the audio from the video live stream which we did during lockdown on April the 12th as it didn't really seem appropriate to get people all excited about tackling the Bob Graham, Paddy Buckley and Charlie Ramsey rounds while we were all trapped at home. As you'll hear, it's a book for all kinds of outdoors people, not just fell runners. And, as always, David has a great backstory to go along with it. So let's now go back in time to April the 12th, 2020, during lockdown, and my conversation from the live video stream with David Linton. Hello and good evening everybody. Welcome to another live stream here on the Outdoor Station. Um, and how has people been enjoying the streams this, uh, this last couple of weeks? Have you enjoyed the ones with uh, the dehydrators or the ones with the numerous one or two stoves, camping stoves I happen to own? Uh, as well as uh, obviously Ellie in the mental illness and uh, talking to Russ about his trip or his return back from the PCT. I hope people have been enjoying them. So, first of all, welcome everybody that is here. Uh, who's in the chat room? I can see Nick on Dartmoor. Hello again, Nick. You've been a faithful viewer, I think, since we started. Uh, Dave Irwin, welcome aboard. And who else? Lorca, Lorca M. And uh, that's all I can see at the moment, but I'm sure many more people will be joining us as we progress. Uh, of course, the second person, people to, to welcome are the people who are watching this in the future. Uh, welcome to you as well and hope you enjoy these series of live streams. We'll be doing a whole variety all related to outdoor activities, things to keep us interested and stimulated while we're all, all in lockdown at the moment. Now, um, we are talking tonight to the author David Linton and his book, recent release book, 
that was released towards the end of last year for uh, called The Big Rounds uh, through Cicerone Press. And uh, at some stage later on in the show, we will be doing a competition, a live free giveaway. Very, very simple. Just uh, we'll give you a text number. and We just want you to send your name and a, a town to the text, just a usual simple text rate. And then David will pick a number and uh, we can then send you a book later on in the week. Um, now, David Linton is a award winning photographer. He's a writer. He describes himself as an average mountaineer and a below average runner. Uh, he moved to the Cairngorm some years ago and writes about the uplands, conservation and teaching outdoor photography. Um, he's the editor on Outdoor Enthusiast magazine, feature writer for TGO magazine, Walk Highlands, Sidetracked, Trek and Mountain and many others. Good evening, David. Hi. You are welcome. You're welcome. It's good to have you here. Um, how's everything treating you up in the Cairngorms at the moment? All right. Yeah, you just narrowly missed my kids, or they narrowly missed you. So they're they're they're, they're, they're this is this is bed, their bedtime right now. So that's bedtime. Quite funny. I thought Kellen was going to make an appearance, an impromptu appearance. I could see them uh, just before we came on there. I could saw them coming in, and you doing the panic dad dad moment. But uh, it's all right. If they appear, they appear. They're welcome to to join in. See. Dad's famous it would, moment. It would, it would be quite funny. Uh, <laughs> so the uh, the big rounds, yeah, lovely book. Um, enjoyed uh, enjoyed having to scoot through it. Uh, fantastic read and very interesting with uh, the whole range of information you've got in there. It's not just a guidebook, obviously, but rather than me tell people about it, why don't you tell people about it? Um, okay, so yeah, um, it was a, it, it's a massive part of my life for a really long time. Um, I started, I, I guess, well, I, I first looked at, um, uh, I first had an inkling of what might be involved in 2013. And then, as you mentioned, it came, finally got published um, 2019. So from, from end to end, it's six years. It wasn't, it's probably, strictly speaking, it's probably five years in, in, in writing and production. Um, it's a big subject. Um, those people who are sort of invested in the in these fell rounds, they kind of started really as fell rounds, um, so fell running rounds um, or hill running rounds in the case of Scotland. Um, there's a sort of a nomenclature difference there. Um, but basically they started as running rounds. Um, uh, the book is directed both towards runners and walkers um, because – when I started this, I was absolutely not a, a runner. Um, I used to run uh, in secondary school as a way of getting out of football because I was absolutely hopeless at football. So, um, but yeah, I, I run a little bit now, but I wouldn't even now really describe myself as a as a as a runner. I, I sort of I I jog round places. Um, so yeah, it was a really big part of my life for a really long time. Um, the three rounds uh, that are involved are um, the people who run them describe them as challenges. So and they 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 the the runners that um, have have them in their sights, if you like, are um, they're usually looking to do them in 24 hours or less. Um, now, for me, there's no way I'm going to be looking at to do to do any of these rounds in, in 24 hours or less. Um, but it's for the readers to um, to kind of work that out themselves. Um, 
we can look for 24 hours or we can look for several days. And so the book's kind of structured in a way, hopefully, that means you can you can use it for a 24-hour challenge or you can use it over several days as a sort of, if you like, as a walker or a backpacker. So to give somebody an idea what a round sort of traditionally is then, I mean, the, the brief description is the three most challenging long-distance mountain rounds. So we have a, a round in the UK, one in Wales and, and one in Scotland. And these peaks, are they all of a uniform sort of length or is it just literally uh, people over a period of time have linked together famous routes or uh, favourite routes and turned them into something that really is a major challenge? Um, it's kind of different in each case. So um, uh, in the case of the Bob Graham round, which is the, the, the Lake District round or the Cumbrian round, um, as the name, basically each round's named after the person who kind of uh, devised it or kind of, you know, may have, may or may not have, have, have run it in completely uh, for the first time. Bob Graham uh, ran the round, uh, the, the Lakeland round for the first time. There's a whole bunch of history that comes before Bob Graham, though, um, that's fascinating and that, that I've included in the book. Um, so the idea of a, of a, a challenge, uh, a sort of a multi-peak challenge, um, that within a day or less um, is actually, you know, for as long as people have been enjoying going into the mountains, there's been uh, crazy, crazy people trying to do things, you know, further, faster, longer, if you like. So, um, however, so each round's different. Um, and, and that's, of course, part of the beauty of it is that you kind of, if, if there's a, a, a UK round, um, sorry, a, 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 an English round, a Welsh round and a Scots round, um, you know, they're a great introduction to each of the, the, the kind of the, some of the uh, really beautiful mountain areas in each of those countries. Um, but they've kind of got, you know, to, to an extent they are, uh, they've got, there's a common thread. So, um you're looking at around about more or less 60 miles and around about more or less 8,000 8, meters of ascent. So, I mean, that's give, very give or take. There's, there's some variance between the three rounds. Um, so it's about an Everest worth of ascent, obviously without the altitude um, and, uh, and, and around 60 miles, give or take. Um, so that, that, that kind of gives people a ballpark um, so that's, you know, for people who, I mean, I'm assuming that most of your viewers will, uh, you know, they'll have some sense of what that means. That's a big deal. Um, yeah, yeah. And if, you know, and, and certainly, um, I think one of the things that's kind of interesting, um, in the world that we live in, um, in terms of media is that, um, we're so used to seeing, people doing amazing things because because there is so much media so much social media which is kind of quite a, you know kind of a good thing in a way it's kind of a really uh, amazing people do amazing things all the time um but nevertheless these are very kind of homespun uk challenges the three of them but they are still incredibly difficult and actually they're i mean what i discovered is that they're incredibly difficult even to walk or backpack you know they're it, they're, they're that's hard work um and obviously for the challenge for the walker or backpacker is very different to the challenge for a runner because quite often you're 
you you won't be wrecking. You won't be kind of. Uh, you won't have. You quite quite often people going in smaller groups or even solo. So um, you'll be navigating on site. You won't have someone to carry your kit. Um, you'll be carrying mul- multiple days worth of food and shelter and so on. So the kind of challenges are, are quite different. Okay. Um, so if I can just break in there, the the, the book in itself then. Um, although we, it, it's based around those three rounds, the approach to the book isn't purely for runners. Um, it is uh, catering for runners and, and hikers and campers, backpackers, etc. But you also mix in there, I flipped through the book obviously and had a look at some of the detail. You've actually got quite a lot of information, a backstory in there. You've got various people that you've interviewed that have achieved great things and their comments on the actual rounds themselves. Uh, as well as practical Cicerone type information of where to go, where to park, where to stay, and that type of thing. Just to just to give us a brief confidence for the viewer that the that the book isn't purely for runners. Yeah, no, I mean absolutely. I mean, as I said at the start, um, you know, I, I I still really wouldn't class myself as a runner. Um, I came at this from a walking and backpacking kind of point of view. Um, I was really interested in doing the rounds as backpacks, and that's what I've I've still done, um, obviously several times over now. Um, so um, and 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 it, so so the the books has the history of the rounds as as running rounds, and has interviews with people who have run them. Um, it also has, for example, there's a woman that um, uh, I interviewed called Kerry Wallace. Um, who did the round as, uh, if you like, halfway between walking and running. So she did them as sort of multiple day challenges, um, so not 24-hour challenges. And then there's, for the likes of, for us, if you like, plodders, um, there's kind of suggested places to um, uh, where you might get water, there's suggested places where you might even break up the rounds into, into kind of almost into sort of day sections. One of the things that I was really inspired by early on when I met Charlie Ramsey, who's the guy who uh, formulated the Scots round in La Caba, was that he had this really nice kind of open attitude towards his own round. So although, you know, he, he ran the round in, I think it was, he ran his round in 23 hours, 58 minutes or something the first time. I might be wrong by a minute or two. Um, uh but one of the really nice things he, he had a really he's got a really open-hearted attitude towards his towards the La Caba round and he him and his wife uh now do little sections so they'll kind of they'll go and stay at Carrera um and they'll kind of pick off little sections of of, of his round as, as a way of kind of you know hit them going back and um and um doing it as you know in uh, you know as, as as older people um and he's basically his attitude was come one, come all, you know, these, these rounds of, you know, you know, my rounds, if you like, my round is my round, my, the, the rounds are for everyone. And I, I found that really inspiring and it kind of gave me confidence as well as a, as a backpacker. I thought, oh, well, you know, um, it, it, this, this guy's done an amazing thing. You know, people are running these rounds in the, the record now for the Charlie Ramsey rounds like in, in the 16 hour region, wow. but it doesn't wow. stop us doing the rounds over several days or even actually even over several years you know you can go yeah. and do the memoirs in two or three days you know staying in a and b if you want why not you know yeah, and, yeah. and so the book contains that kind of information as well um uh you know as you say kind of quite practical quite standard um information for a guidebook to have um 
as well as the kind of here's how you might do it as a multi-day route with everything on your back self-sufficient for a week as well as here's how you might approach it as a runner trying to do it in 24 hours or less all right so um, there's a good there's a good I mix have, there good mix yeah I, have to, I mean i had to be kind of you know straight up about it and i think it's pretty important um as well just you know you know, I'm not I'm not that 24-hour challenge person, so I'm not going to write that book for runners. That's this is a, hopefully a book for that that will fit most people most of the time. Right, the right. Idea. I believe Rose is uh, Rose is in the chat room as usual, and she's uh, been keeping an eye on some of the comments. We're only on YouTube tonight for some reason. Facebook was playing up, so I believe Rose has got a comment or two to to mention there. Yeah, hi everyone. Oh, um, right, yeah. hang on a second. Once again, I think I haven't pressed the button on your. Uh, Oh no, it should be there. It should be working. Yeah, uh, yes. Sounds going through. I can hear it. Can you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Technical hitch there. Sorry, guys. Um, right. Uh, Ross is a question for David. Do you think approaching this from the outside, the fell running bubble, affords you a different perspective on the rounds? Which I thought it's quite interesting. Um. Uh. Maybe. Um. There, one of the things uh, that's in, that was interesting early on um, about specifically the Bob Graham round um, was that I guess you know going back five six years um, you're looking at uh, you know things have changed quite a lot in that time um, you know it's before all of Nikki's doubles Nikki Spinks's double uh, rounds um, and you know a lot of <sighs> The scene has got has become a bit more commercial. The fell running scene. Um, I still think it's less commercial than a lot of other kind of outdoor activities. Um, it's fair to say, without kind of getting into the too much detail, um, it's fair to say that there was, you know, I, I wanted to approach that really sensitively, and I was also aware that there were there were real hot spots on the Bob Graham round, and so part of um, what I wanted to do was rather than if you like the first rule of bob graham club being don't talk about bob graham club um you know try and just give people some decent information because um you know there, there are issues so if you take like the example of there's a there's a changeover point um foal runners will know this there's the, the changeover points for kind of uh, where runners can get um refreshed maybe they can change their pacing teams um they can kind of just, you know, change the socks, should get some food down them. Um, a particular hotspot for the Bob Graham round is, the, is Wasdale. Um, and there are all sorts of kind of issues there to do with neighbours and actually erosion as well is a kind of a big issue on various points on the Bob Graham round. And rather than not talk about those, I think I, I kind of want to kind of just approach those and try and give people some, some information they can work with um, and... Uh, and, and meet those some of those issues face on those kind of issues uh, that, that are less problematic on the Paddy Buckley, the Welsh round and the Charlie Ramsey, although those rounds are becoming more popular as well. So, uh, you know, I, I have got I, I've done quite a lot of work in the sort of conservation area um, as a journalist and um, I, effectively I moved to Scotland to, to work for the John Muir Trust for a while. Um, so I was interested in kind of those kind of questions and how, we, how, you know, how can you give people some 
some some decent info that they rather than just trying to you know the popularity of the Bob Graham round and the popularity of the Lake District isn't going away so let's be straight up about it and try and um so maybe that's a different um approach um to to the one that could be broached by a, a, a sort of a hardcore fell run i'm not sure it's not it's probably not for me to say okay but that's okay. where that's, that's what i wanted to do with the, certainly with the bob graham round it was uh, yeah i felt that was quite important Okay, well, what I certainly want to do here is uh, obviously get into a, a brief look at the rounds from a photographic point of view. You've got some lovely photographs I want to show. Um, for people that are watching and uh, want to know how we're going to run the competition, we'll be mentioning the details for the competition in about 10 or 15 minutes' time. Uh, it's very simple. It's just a case of texting your detail through to a certain number, uh, but I'll do that, uh, as I say, in 10 or, 10 or 15 minutes' time. Um, but let's actually get into some of these pictures and some of the stories associated with, with the rounds. I want to start, if possible, with the, uh, with the Bob Gray round um, the, uh, the the imagery that I've got here I've just got a, a slideshow of images that you sent me so do you want to talk talk through these or just talk through the feel what the round is like generally when people are looking at these pictures um, yes I mean a, a, a lot of folk will know um, some of these scenes I'm imagining um, so basically what the round does is it takes, I'm going to just kind of sit with the book in, in my hand as well. Um, so the, the first shot you saw there was on Jenkin Hill, that was just above Keswick. The round starts and finishes in um, in Keswick. It starts at a place called Moot Hall. Um, and you must start and finish in this place. There are That's the rules. Um, the Bob Graham round is quite strict. It's, it's um, looked after by a club. Um, and the rules are, because it's been established for a long time, the rules are, are, are quite, you know, they're, they're, they're fairly, um, they're fairly uh, strict. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I think it's, a, it's an amazing, an amazing uh, historical uh, and cultural thing. And that's a big part of why I was interested in writing about this, this whole subject. Um, so you start and finish in Keswick. Um, you can go in either direction. Um, but let's go clockwise. Um, we go over Skidore um, and then uh, over over the back of Blencathra, down Hallsfell Ridge, um, and then there's a changeover point or a transition point at Threlkeld, um, and then people go over the um, uh, I guess I call it the east the east ridge. So it's the Dodds. People will know it as the Dodds, and you can see it sort of. Uh, you can see uh, Keswick there and uh, on the screen, and there's Threlkeld kind of just to the northeast, and there's the Dodds, the kind of the line, the sort of basically a, a line south over those kind of great big rolling hills, um, and down to sort of Fairfield, and then we end up at um, a place called Dunmore Rays, which is just um, on, on the road just uh, south of uh, Thelmere, I think it is, um, and then you're up into the sort of high ground. I think we're on to the next bit of the map. Um, there we go. Um, yeah, up into the high ground there, kind of, and, and over towards sort of Langdale. Um, and I'll just sort of pause there and just mention that you'll see there's a few dotted lines. So there were points on each round where I kind of felt it might be useful to add in sort of alternatives. Um, and that's sometimes to do with walkers or backpackers with kind of heavy, heavier kit, and sometimes to do with, um, occasionally to do with erosion issues. Um, so that's what the dotted lines are about. 
and then resuming my chat about where we are. You're going to go round Langdale, and which is just by the first sort of dotted line there in the middle of the screen, and um, up onto Bofell, really beautiful route that the runners take up onto Bofell, and then just at the picture there is um, kind of just a little bit further round after Wasdale. Um, but yeah, Scorefell, Scorefell Pike, and down into Wasdale, um slightly sort of touchy transition point there potentially if people don't um mind their p's and q's because the transition points there's wasdale um so uh, the transition point and there's another one of wasdale um transition points right by the campsite so the, you know issues there in the past um and then up onto you barrow really beautiful section of the round um around sort of steeple pillar which was that shot you saw earlier and then Honister Pass, sort of Great Gable, Honister Pass, and then down the last sort of section. This is the Newlands Valley, um, and that's sort of you know the, the last bit of the roundup. But as I said, you can do it in either direction, but you must start and finish. Don't get any funny ideas, guys. You must start and finish in Moot Hall in Keswick, um, and you also for the Bob Graham rounds, you also must be accompanied. They ask that you are. They ask that you are paced, partly to do with safety and partly to do, um, partly just so that you've got a witness to say that you've, you know, you have done it. And it's by far the most popular round. Um, I don't know what the numbers are currently. Um, you know, but it's in excess of 2,000 people have completed it in 24 hours or less. And of course, the folk who've completed it as a multi-day backpack. Or indeed, in sections aren't aren't recorded. Those folk are, you know, will be in there many many thousands. So that's a sort of a, a Bob Graham in a in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, that's that's and great. It's, and it's, if if you like each, each, I mean, what what's great about you know, it, it, you know, obviously it's a, a crazy running challenge, but it's also a really amazing grand tour of some of the really best bits of the Lake District. So it's uh, by no means is it the complete Lake District. Um, as most of your viewers will know, but it's a it's a pretty good overview of some some really fantastic hills. Well, the spect most spectacular spots. Right. Well, if that's whetted your appetite, then folks, um, this is the competition. This is the telephone number. It's just a, a, a small mobile I've got sitting on the desk here. It's just a standard UK text. So if you want to just text your name and your nearest town, it's only open to UK entries only, just because of the postage issues. If you don't mind. Um, and you must be in the chat to win it at the end of the show. I will ask David to choose a number. So by all means, text that, text that at any stage. Rose will be dropping the number occasionally into the, t into the chat room so you don't uh, forget it. But if you just text your name and where you are in the UK, we will have a chat with you later um, and get that shipped out to you towards the end of the week. Right, well, let's, um, let's just go back to, to uh, Paddy Buckley then. And do the do the Paddy Buckley round. Uh, let's just uh, call up, um, uh, get the pictures there. So I'm just going to draw, get the front page uh, up, David, and then um, ready to go for your. Uh, I'll just detail. through um, that, that image that you've got on the screen there. Um, so it was amazing to meet Paddy. Um, we've been in kind of email conversation and finally got to meet him. Uh, yeah. By the time I'd sort of done all the rounds at least once or certainly sections, you know, two, three, four times in some cases, um, took a while to meet. Um, he's based in um, Morecambe now. That's him in his home library. He's got the most incredible home library. Um, that, I mean, it's his entire loft, all climbing and hill walking books. I mean, and he's got, yeah, I mean, this is a lifetime's worth of um 
of outdoor uh, enthusiasm and uh, yeah, an amazing guy. Um, so yeah, such a pleasure to meet him. And that the first shot of him, uh, that was his hands, and he's holding in his hands, he's holding what are called the Pantleni um, record books. So that's where him and friends um, would record their attempts um, on on what became the round named after him, Paddy Buckley, but or, AKA the Welsh classical round. Now what's probably, well, what's definitely really important to mention at this point is that um, Paddy didn't run his round as a complete round for the first time um, himself. It was actually run first by Wendy Dodds. Um, so, and, and of course, Wendy's in the book as well. And that was a key person to, to speak to as well. Um, and um, so, yeah, so so that was just to explain. And I just, I, it was just amazing to see those books when I went to meet him in his, at his home, um, to see the, you know, written in, in, in their hand at the time. And Pantleni, incidentally, is um, was the name of the holiday cottage where he and some members of the Rucksack Club um, uh, and it was Chris Brasher's um, holiday cottage in um, the late, de- in, sorry, in, in Snowdonia. And that's where they would kind of base themselves and they would thrash out the round um, where, you know, would it go over Cribgoch or, you know, or not was a big sort of point of contention. And, and Chris Brasher, um, apparently not being a very good climber, suggested that it shouldn't and it should take the route that we'll, we'll now discuss. Sorry, Bob, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up and, and let you get into them. <laughs> not at all, not at all. Such an, such an amazing um, thing to see, for me, to see those, having yeah. read so much, having walked, the, you know, obviously to meet the guy, but then to see that, you know, to see the to see the handwriting and this, it's a real amazing historical document that. that, that. Um, anyway, there we are. Okay, well, let's have a look at the map then, and we'll drop in some pictures as, uh, as after you give us a brief look at the map. Okay, so the Welsh classical or the Paddy Buckley round is a little bit different to the Bob Graham um, in that um, Paddy um, doesn't insist that you um, run it in twenty-four hours or less to be recorded, but rather that it's a uh, he, re- he sorry he records the 24 hours or less but he it's not as strict if you like um he also doesn't insist that you start from a particular point he says you can start from any one of the transition points or in fact any point on the round and you can go in either direction so it's quite a lot looser it's got a sort of a slightly if you like a slightly more anarchic feel um and that's just his style. That's just the way he kind of, and also it's to do with the way that the, I guess, you know, he did a lot, obviously he did a lot of the research in conjunction with some of his friends and certainly with Wendy. Um, and, um, and, and as I said, Wendy ran it first and I think she took something like 25 and no bit hours. I can't remember the exact time. It's obviously it's in the book. Um, Anyway, so so the way I I've um, way we look at it in the book is we go clockwise again, and I've started from Kapelkurig. A lot of folks start from Llanberis. Um From Kapelkurig, it has an advantage because you can then resupply in Llanberis if you're doing it as a uh, if you're doing it as a backpack. So that means you're carrying less on your back. Um, anyway, so we'll go from um, Kapels, which is just the I think it's your previous map. Sorry, Bob. Um, there we go. So Kapokurig's there on the on the right, sort of around about three o'clock. And 
you go up onto, um, just forgive my pronunciation of some of these, and it will get worse in a minute when we, when we go to the Scots round. Um, so you go up onto Molsiabod, or sh- uh, I'm not going to try, uh, Shiabod, um, and you take what's called the Boundary Ridge, um, which is connects effectively connects um, the sort of Ogwin Valley with the Mulwins and um, the hills around Blaenorfistan Eog. So then we flip onto map two, um, and the Boundary Ridge is actually it's a really tough um, way to start, but gives you this amazing uh, view over the sort of Snowdonia Massive, which is effectively on the on the left of that picture at the moment. So we flick to the next bit of the map now. Um, don't know if it's if it's uh, if it is there. If, if it, yeah, there we go. Um, and um, so there you can see Blynau, and you can see the hills around. Um, uh, or, or to the left of um, Blind Alpha Stineog there. Um, really um, amazing, uh, goes through some really incredible um, industrial landscapes as well. That's what I found really, um, it's, it's kind of a mind-blowing uh, sort of aspect to the, to the Welsh round, is that you're travelling through industrial uh, heritage um, so the mines above Blynell are um, slate mines. Um, it was I think the mines it was originally called Rossid, um, and you'll, you you go right through it. Um, and yeah, there's there's a picture of some of the architecture that you're seeing at Rossid, and there's some amazing history as well. That's kind of I've included sort of where I can. I've included bits and pieces of that in the book. Um, from uh, those hills you go over connect um and then down into a little sleepy settlement just south of Bedgelet called Nabmore and then up onto um some really um a lot quieter hills um over on the west there um you can kind of see there just um where the compass sign is just um just on the left there you can kind of see hills like Brimbanog um and that's a really beautiful part of the round just because there's a lot fewer folk on it um and you end up on um uh Igarn um Trimidiskal, uh, those hills just where you kind of end up uh yeah just sort of to the north there um one of the things that's interesting about the Welsh Round is it kind of seems to subdivide a bit more easily for um, for walkers and backpackers. And actually, you could in in the book there's I've tried to address. Um, it's possible to do the Welsh Round almost to do, and 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 do it as almost with a B and B every night. Um, so that you know for for those folk who aren't interested in racing around. Um, you know there are ways to do to do it as in a, a more stately pace. Um, anyway, so from um, from the from that western ridge, cross the road, and you go up onto Snowdon. Take the south ridge onto Snowdon, and then uh, some uh, more more kind of rolling hills into Llanberis. Um and then from Llanberis you're into some really amazing um, kind of uh, another really amazing dose of quarry and industrial heritage. It's called the Denora Quarry. Um, and the photos, the last, this photo and the last photo you've just seen are from the hills just above that quarry. Um, uh, and, and then we, we kind of basically go from the kind of, uh, the Flamberis kind of, uh, valley system into the Ogwen valley system. And there you can see, um, 
uh, yeah, you can see the hills of uh, Carnethal just there, and that is actually that's a shot of a guy who was on um, who was in, in, uh, running on on Carnet uh, uh, I think um, a shot there that you just that, that Bob showed just of the the kind of the, the old shoe that's taken in a um, in, in at Dinorig, um, and it's taken in a place called the Caban, um, and um, there you go. Um, and you can see, uh, basically, the, the cabin was a, as a place that, I mean, if anyone climbs around Lamberis um, and climbs or Slate, they'll, they'll know this place because it's, it's used now as a busy, for, a busy spot for climbers. Um, it's where the miners used to get out of the weather when they had their lunch. And, and climbers and whoever else is wandering around in, in, in the quarry now, they'll quite often, if they find a relic from, from that time, they'll quite often leave it on the bench there. So it's, it's quite a, it's a really evocative place. Um, so again, you know, the, you know, the, the round as, as we, uh, as we walk through it in the book does visit these places. Um, even though, you know, runners might choose not to loiter, um, I felt like it was really important to kind of acknowledge some of the history that you were, were going through. Um, Anyway, so up from uh, Flanberis through Denorig, up onto the Glideral, um, which will be known to probably most of the uh, viewers, and then down into the Ogwen Valley via Triffin and up onto the Carnethel on the other side, on the north side of Ogwen, and then and, and then back to Capel. So that's that's that round in a in a not so much of a nutshell. There you go, Snowden at dawn. It was nice to go back. Um, it's kind of where I cut my teeth, really. Um, uh, Snowdonia, when I, when I was living in London, um, and you know, used to race off, try and get out of town at sort of five before before the traffic got too heavy. So it was it was great to go back and kind of to look at it all again. Some of, you know, most of the hills I'd been on before, but it just kind of joined them all up and look at it all again with, with new eyes. Find out how easy it is to subscribe to all our free programmes. Visit our website at theoutdoorstation.co.uk or look us up on Facebook. Just to remind people again, if you want to enter the competition, the telephone number Rose is posting in the chat room on uh, YouTube. So by all means, just send me a simple text. All I've got is a uh, little bog standard phone here and David will choose a number towards the end of the show and uh, we will uh, give you a free book. The wonderful Big Rounds book is what we're talking about, uh, which has been described as the uh, three most challenging long distance mountain rounds. We've also got questions coming in, which is great. So thanks very much for sending those in. If you could just put a capital Q in the front, what I'm doing is I'm gathering the questions and we'll fire those at David at the end to, uh, to see if he can answer your particular points. So now let's go on to the uh, Charlie Ramsey round. And I'll just call it the pictures for those. Now, is there a bit of a story with Charlie Ramsey as well? You met him and, and had a chat with him for the book as well. Bob, I'm just going to put a light on. Um, yeah, no, Charlie's amazing. What an amazing character. Um, he's just full of life, still full of life. So, got such a got such a zest for life, and is so enthusiastic about um, about the the folk who are kind of 
coming to fell running and 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 walking and backpacking as well um so he meeting charlie was really um uh, for me was a was kind of the catalyst i think for the book um the backstory to that is that um he'd seen a photo that i had published in um the great outdoors magazine um and he wanted he, he got in touch um i think via a website or, or something and and um we were he, he lives in edinburgh and i just moved to edinburgh at the time um he the charlie ramsey round his own round was 35 years uh, that year so we met for a bit of a chat um and did a just a tiny piece in tgo to kind of to to mark that um and um and then I had a, a crack at it and, and failed dismally. Didn't didn't manage to to um, complete the round. Um, even as a walker, I kind of ran out of time and steam. Um, and so and then just kept on going back. Um, and the, the fascinating thing I think for me for these for all the thread that ties the book together really is is people. Um, and the fascinating thing for me when I finally sort of got under the skin of all this is the history behind it. Um, Bob and Paddy, uh, sorry, Charlie and Paddy uh, are friends, and of course they're you know they're, they're fell runners, and they 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 actually met on a Bob Graham uh, attempt. They were pacers for um, Chris Brasher. Well, actually, Char- uh, Paddy was Paddy was attempting around himself, and 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 uh, Charlie uh, was was kind of. I mean, the, the full story is in the book and then, you know, he talks about it in his talks as well. But Charlie was kind of found himself there almost by accident. And he, he you know, so he he, he was he wasn't press ganged at all, but he kind of he, he thought he was just there for a bit of a for an evening run up Skador. And um, and it turned out he, he Charlie, uh, sorry, Chris Brasher kind of fell, fell back, didn't complete. Um, and Paddy stepped away as well and it ended up being um charlie ramsey that that ended up running the full bob graham round so and then the story goes that when they're sitting around in the evening uh at dinner chris brasher being chris brasher and very abulian and kind of a charismatic kind of media kind of cambridge type invited everyone to dinner and um charlie uh brought the family and and um and the story goes, Chris Brasher said, so, you know, uh, what's the Scots version? Have you got other, Have you got something like the Bob Graham round in Scotland? And at that point, Charlie got to thinking and, and you know, and working and, and tinkering with uh, another round, a uh, round in La Carba called um, the Tranter round, um, named after a guy called Philip Tranter. Um, and effectively, if you see that map there, if you take um, take out the section to the right of Loch Trigue there, the big body of water on the right, if you take that away, more or less, um, that's effectively the Trantaround. So it's basically all the memoirs on the south side of uh, Glen Nevis there, um, and then um, the Grey Corries and uh, Ben Nevis. But then if we get into it in just a bit more detail, um, uh, Charlie doesn't insist that you go in any particular direction. He does insist though that you start and finish at Glen Nevis Youth Hostel. Um, so that is the start and end point. Um, 
And the way I chose to talk about it in the book is the way that Charlie ran it, again, because of just for purely historical reasons. Um, we go um, up on Cinema Moors, um, which includes kind of, you know, uh, again, many viewers will be familiar with a lot of this terrain. Um, basically, just do the entire ridge. Um, so it includes things like, you know, you go out and back to, on um, Scaravan and um, uh, some Ring of Steel, kind of Binion, uh, Binion, Binion Moor, Binion Beg. Excuse me. Um, there's a there's one of two stop bands on there. And then you're on to Scaralida uh, Moor, um, down to um, what Charlie calls, calls the valley section. Um and then, um, so just there, that fo that photo there just previously was um, a shot of one, a, a bit of the Ring of Steel, and there's my mate Mick. You can just about make him out, sort of bottom left. Um, we're just heading down towards a camp. Um, yeah, so it's amazing terrain. Um, and for me, as someone new to Scotland in, you know, whenever it was, 2013, when I first looked at, it wasn't the first time I'd been up onto those hills, but the first time I'd looked at the round completely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's... Um, Mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it puts it puts, um, it, it puts um, a lot of the terrain in, in the Lake District um, sort of in its... It's, 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 it's a slightly, you know, the, the terrain's rougher, um, more challenging. Um, than a lot of uh, the, the Lakeland round, although it has to be said, um, the sort of the, the Scorefell bit of um, you know, the high ground, the bit between Bowfell and Scorefell, is 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 pretty pretty burly ground too. So anyway, we're along to the Memoirs, we're down into the valley section, and then we head towards um, Loch Treague, and then we do the sort of the Treague Munros. Um, which are really, re really remote. That's just that shot there is just looking toward. That's over the Memoirs. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, the Tree Munros. Then you're down to a changeover point, a first sit or a transition point for runners, um, and then up onto um, what they call the Isians. Um, so there's Stubcarisian, um, and then sort of the adjacent to. Um, Larry Glickhack Bothy, um, and then the second stop band, Grey Corries, um, then you've got the Annex, Annex Moor, Annex Beg, um, and then up onto, go, you, the, the route takes us via the Carmore Jerigaret, um, up onto Ben Nevis. So it's a really, really nice way to, 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 to finish. Um, and then down the kind of, if you like, the, the, the standard tourist path uh, to, to the youth hostel. Um, it, it's worth pointing out that a lot of runners do that in reverse. Um, it's considered to be a bit quicker. Um, that shot there, that was just, I, mean, I lucked in and, or, or lucked out, I never know which way around that is. Um, I, I happened to be, I was, I was doing a bit of support for, for um, a guy called Joe Williams, who's, who, who has, as some people might know, is related to the Williams family who, who runs Cicerone. Um, so Joe uh, was doing his round at the same time as um, Jasmine Paris there on the left was um, attempting to, to to beat the record at the time. And they just happened to be there on the same, same weekend. They started within half an hour of each other. So that's at about 3.30 in the morning. Um, and I, I, you know, asked, obviously asked nicely if I could take photos and document it. And, and um, there's... Uh, 
Graham Nash there on the on the right, um, very well known fell runner, and and Charlie there in the middle. Um, Charlie, as I said, is is he's got such a zest for life with all this, and he still comes out and does support when he can. Um, so he'll meet people halfway around with cake and that kind of stuff. Um, and so anyway, that was nice to to mark that. Um, but yeah, as I, as I was saying, um, Jasmine did actually run it in a in an anti clockwise direction. Um, but quite often runners will run it in a clockwise direction just to get the, the, the really high ground out of the way first. Um, it's an interesting, there's an interesting debate to be had about w- which way walkers or backpackers might do it. Um, the other thing that's worth saying for, a, if for people who are on a multi-day journey is that, um, you know, you've got a weather window to, weather window to think about, you know, a, a runner's weather window it need only be 24 hours or 30 hours, say. But obviously, for folk taking a week or more or less, you know, you want to, you really want to make sure you've got nice weather when you're on the bend. Certainly, when you're on the Carmel Jerigaret, you don't want to be blown around too much. So, um, but, you know, all of these things are worth. Um, they, they add to the challenge, um, and 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 the, you know, they're, they're they're complex things to do in one go, whether you are walking or running. There's no doubt about that. Well, there's certainly spectacular, well, there's spectacular uh, countryside, aren't countryside, they? Aren't they? The views, the views are marvellous, marvellous. Um, okay, everybody. Well, thank you very much for all the questions which are coming in, which we'll come on to shortly. So if you do have any more questions uh, over the next few minutes, please get them in there because there's a 30-second or so delay between what I'm saying now and you picking it up on YouTube. The last chapter in the book um, it, it contains some interviews. Um, so this is a guy called Jim Mann who uh, I think uh, still, yeah, I think he still has the winter records, winter round records for all three rounds. Um, that may have changed recently. I may, I may get caught. If, if people know differently, if I'll, I'll hands up, I'll, um, uh, sort of I'll, I'll be ha- happily be corrected. Um, Jim, uh, yeah, he's, he's an amazing, uh, an amazing athlete. Um, so what I did when I was looking for interviews, obviously it was important to speak to to Paddy Buckley and to and, you know got to know Charlie reasonably well um, over the years. Um, obviously super important to have Wendy in the book, and so just you know, such an honour to, to you know to that, that she could she could add to um, add her experience um, uh, to to the mix, um, but. Otherwise, I was looking for folk who knew most or all of, of the three rounds. So, you know, there were so many people that would have been amazing to have uh, included in the book. But effectively, I was looking for folk who had experience of all three. Um, uh, so, as I mentioned, Jim has the winter round records or certainly had the winter round records until very, very recently. Um, and so that's a very particular skill. Um I would not suggest, um, and he certainly doesn't suggest, that most people are looking to do these rounds in winter, certainly not as runs. And, and as, as I mentioned, as backpacks, they'd be, you know, Hard going. as challenging in a very different, as challenging in a very different way, yeah, um, just yeah. because of weather and so on and so forth. So, so that's Jim Mann. Otherwise, you've got folk in it. Um, I've, ended, I've mentioned Wendy. You've also got Jasmine, uh, was very... Um, very generous with her time, Jasmine Paris, who was until very recently um, the um, uh, the 
Charlie Ramsey round record holder. Uh, that's Nikki Spinks, who many people will know, who is has the record for all the doubles. Um, uh, that it was brilliant to meet her. That's her in her kitchen. She'd forgotten I was coming and was mucking out her cows. Um, so yeah, she's she's just brilliant. Um, uh, also, an interview with uh, just I mean, okay, so you've heard about these rounds, right? So these three big rounds, imagine running them back to back as a continuous challenge with only a car journey rest in between. So somebody's actually done that. There's only one person who's ever done it. Um, the, the name of the guy is called Mike Hartley. So he gave a short interview as well. Um, yeah, just, I mean, it kind of beggars belief really. Um, and I've also mentioned a, a young woman called Kerry Wallace who now runs a um, fell running, uh, women's fell running uh kind of guiding business in um, in La Caba, based out of Fort William. So Kerry, Kerry's in the book as well, as I, as I said, with a slightly different perspective on, she did hers as a, a multi-day sort of running stroke walking challenge and, and actually used, you know, bed and breakfasts and um, hotels in some cases and, and kind of, you know, she broke it up in a different sort of way. So I wow. thought it was kind of fun to have her contribution as well. Yeah, yeah. She's got a really different take on it. A, a, a really good points to make around weather windows and doing it over a longer period of time. Well, that's great. I mean, it's obviously you've got um, a heck of a lot in there. It's a very full book and, and you've well explained very clearly that you're catering for the runners as well as the backpackers and day walkers and people who want to do it in sections. Um, naturally, if people want to buy the book uh, as opposed to uh, win the book in our t competition tonight, the uh, Cicerone uh, is a fairly good place to start. Uh, they have got the, the book there. And uh, obviously, I think David will have a few copies as well if you want to contact David himself directly. But let's come on to uh, a few questions. Uh, let me just set this up and uh, let us send these through and see what people say. So Ross Brannigan, what was your most memorable moment in relation to connecting with the landscape? whilst recycling the rounds. Recking. Reckying the rounds, sorry, couldn't quite read my own screen. Um, yeah, so hi Ross, I know Ross. Um, hello. Um, ah, man. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you, I guess you, Ross will know some of the backstory to this. Um, yeah, and as I mentioned uh, at the beginning, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's several years worth of work. So it's, it, it's sort of, this all this stuff a bit like you know for for many of the fell runners you know um, who are going to undertake these challenges or are going to eye up these challenges you know they end up being um, they just get embedded into your life um, and and so there are um, man I've got so I mean I guess it's what's interesting is that you, I've got the way memory works is kind of is kind of interesting in, in relation to landscape, isn't it? So um, I've got really kind of um, pin sharp memories of being up on um, the Memores stop ban. Um, the first time I, I tried for the Charlie Ramsey round um, and um, just at sunset um, and then when you kind of go back subsequently, you know, over, you know, I've probably been on that round, you know, I've been on those hills at least, sort of most of them at least half a dozen times now. So your kind of, your memories overlay and, and, and then of course, you know, meeting some of the folk who, uh, you know, have, have made their name fell running. Um, 
after those, you know, after you, you, you've been on those hills, you know, I've got really great memories of being on um, just kind of kind of goofily cheering on Jasmine as she as she was coming up onto the ECNs um, with Finley Wilde and John Gay who were pacing her at that point. And I think I said something really daft um, like, yay. Um, uh, so, you know, and, and I remember John smiling kind of wryly, um, you know, who's this fool and with the cat with a big camera. Um, uh, so and and then again with um, as I mentioned earlier with the Paddy Buckley, um, it was just really great for me personally to kind of go back um, uh, to I guess my like my old stomping ground and kind of just see it with completely new eyes. And I think one of the things that's really amazing in terms of landscape is that these 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 are continuous lines. So. Um, where certainly in relation to the Lake District, I found that really, again, it kind of, I found it quite a unifying um, thing to do is to to, to do the whole line. You know, even as a walk, it's it's to to, to do the whole line is really amazing because what happens is that you, all those bits, those little hills or little glens or valleys that you've visited as, you know, maybe in a car or by public transport or on bike, you kind of join it all up together so it becomes a really, um, yeah, it becomes a unifying thing to do in terms of, uh, you know, a continuous walk or a continuous run. That's great, because that actually leads, me on to, leads us on to the next question from Finchie615. Which rounds or couple of sections are the most easily accessible by public transport for backpacking? Oh, um, from memory. Right. Okay. So, yeah, so my caveat is, and I'm not, I'm not doing a hard sell here. The caveat is that all of that stuff's in the book. Um, from memory, a couple of things just pop straight into my mind. Um, it's, it's pretty straightforward to do the memoirs by public transport um, in and out between kind of Kinlochleven and Fort William. Um, so there's a bus that kind of does that, does that road. Um, and you can kind of base yourself in either of those towns and um, and kind of hop effectively, effectively knock off the, the memoirs, if you like, um, uh, based in those two places. And, and certainly um, uh, the lakes and the um, and the Welsh round, the Snowdonia round uh, are easier still. So. Um, if you look at the Bob Graham stage one, so that takes you over kind of um, Skidor, Cal- Great Calver and Blencathra. Again, I've done that on public transport and you can kind of, you can add bits in as well, which is really nice. You can kind of do, um, uh, you know, do add some scrambles in and um, and then you kind of, when you get round to um, uh, the Dodds, you can do quite a lot of that from Glen Reading. Um, so kind of just base yourself there. Um, and I mean, that's, it's kind of a different approach and, and it's one that I look at specifically in the book is, you know, you could effectively, you could treat the Bob Graham as a sort of almost like a, a 10 day, um, luxury B and B, um, walking holiday with added scrambles, um, and kind of, you know, for, I guess, for international visitors, when we get, when we get past, you know, the situation we're in now, if people were coming for a couple of weeks, 
um, you'd have transport time, but you, then you could you could kind of do you know support our local B and Bs, which I think they're all going to need the support, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, can kind of kind of do it in in that sort of way, and 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 uh, I've, it was it was kind of fun to sort of break break it break it down in that sort of way, and um, even though I really got a lot out of uh, doing them as as I said, as continuous lines, it was sort of also quite fun to sort of, if you like, take Charlie's inspiration, um, Charlie Ramsey's inspiration and say, oh, actually, you know, let's, let's, what happens if you base yourself at Corral Bothy? You know, yeah, why not? You know, that's kind of, it's yeah, kind of, yeah. it's make it, make it um, ecumenical. Let's make it, um, let's, let's um, break it down and, and, um, and, and, and approach it in that way. Okay, excellent. Well, just to remind people that the competition is going to be closing now. So if Rose, you could just post the telephone number uh, again, text number into the chat room on YouTube there for people if they want to have a last minute entry. Got a good handful of uh, entries, so we'll ask you to pick a number in a second. But let's go on to the next question uh, from the Flying Sprout. What was your best day out on all the rounds? I suppose that's weather related, is it? Um, yeah, partly. Um... I mean, yeah, it's, as I said, it's, it's sort of, I took way too long doing this book. So, so, uh, so there's, there's, there's lots of, lots of, mem lots of good memories, lots of kind of, you know, painful bits as well, like sort of lying on a track thinking I've broken my ankle wasn't too much fun at one point. Um, uh, probably though, the one, when I saw that question come up, I suppose, you know, go with your first instinct. Um, the, the first time I tried the Charlie Ramsey round, as, as I mentioned, I didn't I didn't make the whole round, even as a backpack. I um, what I did was I kind of cut out the Loch Tree Hills, and I, I effectively did the Tranter round, the Philip Tranter round, and that was also the first time that I'd um, been up on Ben Nevis, and it was also the first time that I I wanted to do Ben Nevis by the Carmore Jerry Garret. Um, so that's just me being kind of a purist and kind of wanting to go by way of like a really nice line. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, that day I camped at the, there's a, there's a Bielak just, um, uh, between the annex and, and, the, and Carmore Jerrick. Um, the ridge up onto Carmore Jerrick itself is really nice. I was up onto the summit of Carmel Jerig by about 8 a.m. I started quite early. I'm, I'm a bit lazy in the morning when I'm camping. Um, uh, and so, yeah, and then I was across onto the, the Arete, which is just a really beautiful way for to, to get up onto Ben Nevis. Um, so that that's a standout day for me. It was something I'd waited a really, really long time for. Um, and, you know, obviously subsequently done it um, since a couple of times. And, and it's, you know, but, the, you know, it was first time was really special, really special. OK. And from John Middleton, uh, we're just wondering how long the Bob Graham round takes for an average backpacker, five or six days. I think you just said 10, but that was probably with um, uh, doing B&Bs, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, so I've, I mean, yeah, kind of half in jest. You could do it as a, you know, definitely if you were to if you were to do it as a sort of a, a luxury, a luxury trip with with B and Bs, I better not say it because there'll probably be some expedition group suggesting that next year or the year after. Um, 
Yeah, I the first time I tried the bob as a continuous round, um, and this is with me knowing most or yeah, not all of the hills, but most of the hills. It took me six days. I had a, I had a stinking head cold at the time, so that was my excuse. Um, you know, folk now. I mean, I think the record now. Uh, Ross will probably uh, be, have the exact time, but I think the record now is. Um, uh, it's a Killian Johnny has the record, and it's somewhere between eleven and twelve hours. Um, but you know, and I took six days. So I mean, you know, this is this, this is the sort of range of range of uh, athleticism and experience um, uh, that we're working between. Um, in the book, I have uh, effectively I have loose six-day itineraries for each round, um, and uh, obviously for runners. Um, you're looking at working towards a 24-hour or less challenge. Okay. And the final question there from Ross again. Uh, of those who interviewed in the book, whose story captured your imagination the most? Um, it was really nice to meet Paddy. Um, you know, Paddy's quite low-key. Um, uh, so it was really nice to sort of meet him. I think part of this for me is about kind of, you know, Bob Graham's quite a well-known name. Well, I don't know if it's quite, he's quite household, but, um, you know, he's certainly well-known. So part of this for me is kind of, you know, these guys, um, and, uh, you know, alongside Wendy of, of they've, they've made these really, um, they've made a really, uh, big cultural contribution. Um, I think, um, so part of the book is about honouring that, um, marking that. Um, so it was really nice to meet Paddy. And um, I also think the, the other person um, I haven't mentioned is um, Helen Whitaker, who I haven't met, but she is in the book. It's a brief interview in the book. Um, so it was really great to get her in. I think she's just accomplished some incredible things. Um, and... Jim, Jim, meeting Jim Mann was, Jim, Jim is an incredible athlete. Jim Mann is the photo, uh, the, the, the guy there with the tree behind him that you saw earlier. Um, Jim also holds the record at the moment for the most Munros in 24 hours. Um, and the record stands at 30 Munros and a pint. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so he had a pint and I think it was the Bremer arms at the end there. Um, so yeah, he, he's, He's the winter round record holder. Um, he's done some amazing things, but he's so, you know, just completely down to earth guy. Um, he's doing some really great work at the moment. Um, they uh, they have, I'm going to paraphrase the name of the, the Twitter handle, but I think it's something like um, uh, trees instead of teas. Um, um, he's basically suggesting that, you know, instead of a race T-shirt, um, uh, the race organizers, fell race organizers, and um, you know, you contribute towards tree planting instead. Obviously, this is all off the cards for the time being because of lockdown. But you know, once the races get going again, I thought it was a really nice initiative that he started. Lovely. Okay, then, David. Well, we've had our hour now, so thank you very much indeed for your time. I just need you to pick a number between one and twenty-five, please. Seventeen. Okay. Just bear with me a second. Talk amongst yourselves. 17 and so we have a 17th message from Danny Nicol. Danny Nicol, are you in the chat room at the moment? Uh, do say hi and type a note to Rose from Hull. 
but it looks like you are the winner of the free book, the Big Rounds book, with the author, David Linton. So I hope you're there. I know there's a bit of a delay before that comes through, but we'll contact Danny anyway. So thank you very much indeed, David, for your time this evening. It's been a, a good chat. You've gone certainly into great detail on the book. Thanks to everybody that's taken the time to tune in and watch. I hope you've enjoyed it. We're trying to mix and match all these different streams every time uh, and do something slightly different. As I say, the next one on Friday is with a wild food specialist, a forager, and hopefully she's going to show us a whole variety of things that uh, to look for in the hedgerows. And then next week, we've got something a little bit special as well with another author who's done a, a very interesting and unique adventure. So uh, thank you once again, David, for your time. I do appreciate it. And uh, on that note, folks, stay tuned and we'll be back on Friday at seven o'clock. Bye for now. Links to the book can be found over on theoutdoorstation.co.uk and why not join our newsletter list while you're there? It's always good to hear some ideas. And of course, Cicerone Press will be more than happy to supply you with a copy for your next adventure or to put on your library shelf. My thanks to David for joining me and everyone else who has been in touch over recent weeks listening to my woes and moans about the technical issues. Your support, suggestions and offers of help have been greatly appreciated. If all goes to plan, I'll be connected to the Great Fibre Network in a few weeks. And then the digital world is my oyster, as they say. <laughs> anyway, keep in touch, join our newsletter, and whatever you do, stay safe and well in this brave new world. Until next time, folks. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To hear or see more from our extensive free library, please visit theoutdoorsstation.co.uk dot uk